Welcome to the Scarlet Faithful podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Brightman. It's my pleasure. And I welcome in Rutgers Volleyball head coach, Caitlin Schweighofer. Uh, I know you've been busy uh, preparing for the season. Thanks so much for your time and for being here today. Thanks for having me, Aaron. Happy to be here. So uh, obviously busy off season, um, coming off a, a very busy 2021, an untraditional 2021, having essentially two seasons in one year. Um, you know, had some ups and downs. A lot of progress was made, um, both non-conference schedule last year. Your best start, I believe, in about a decade. Um, the Big Ten, you know, you had the program best six wins in the spring, um, you know, had the, the winless season in the fall. Um, how is the whole building of this program gone? You're now in your third year. Um, and just in terms of the work you've put in so far. Yeah, no, we, we have a lot to be proud of um, since I started, obviously, starting in February 2020 and then having shut down a month later and then getting to meet the team finally about six months later and training and did lead into a great first season and but having two seasons in the Big Ten and one the Big Ten is extremely challenging not only from a skill standpoint but just a physicality travel you know mental fatigue I think it was very uh, tough to play two of those seasons in one with primarily the same roster, right? But it was exciting actually to have achieved the success we did in the spring and move that into the fall, um, which didn't see the wins in the record book, but we did we did make progress against certain programs that we had never you know, taken sets from before. So those were those small wins I was looking towards, but I felt like it was the right step in the change process and the build process because teams now were preparing themselves for us. Right. They they it's expected that in your second season, your opponent's now more ready. They they want to you know, they're expecting a higher level of competition. And typically it does result in in the, you know, the the win loss column the way it did. So not not uncommon. <laughs> right. Moving, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was saying and then moving into this season, we did graduate a significant number of players uh, who had key roles and we have a lot of new faces. So we're excited to see about the potential of this year's group. Uh, we're very young, but it will be it will be fun to continue to lay the foundation of what Rutgers volleyball will be in the future. I wanted to ask about that. Uh, you brought in you know several transfers. Uh, I believe you have five uh, freshmen as well. Um, lost a lot of veterans that were with the program uh, for many years. Um, how how has that transition gone this off season? And I guess what approach do you take in recruiting in terms of you know, the mental side of, of recruits that you're looking at in terms of understanding the challenges when they come to Rutgers and, and being such a difficult conference and, and the stage of the program right now. This the 22 class was kind of a unique recruiting experience because we weren't really able to see them too much live. Um, we had to recruit a lot via Baller TV and some of these other programs that you get to you know view matches. But um, and some of them didn't even visit before they came. So it was uh, a lot of just verbal communication rather than in person. But when when we're in the recruiting process, we make it very clear, I make it very clear that I'm looking for players who understand the vision that I have, who are bought in to wanting to do something different and special and make a name for themselves and be the ones to put the first banners on the wall, be our first All-Americans. You know, so they're really excited that this, this group of freshmen is very hungry to come into a program where they might get to see playing time at a younger age. A lot of them had opportunities to go to programs where that have historically been more successful, 
but might not see the court till their junior or senior year. So it's it's the type of player that's super committed and really has a true understanding of what it takes to to be able to compete in the Big Ten. And you do have a few key returnees, uh, you know, Madison Chitty, Rachel Tam, um, uh, I believe about five or six players that contributed last year. Um, how has that process been just in terms of them stepping up from a leadership perspective and, and working in all the newcomers? And Madison Chitty is a junior this year. She has played on the libero spot for us for the past two seasons. She has a lot of on-court experience, as well as Tina Grakovic, who was a middle blocker for us for the past few seasons. And we do have some other returning players who will now see more time than they've seen in the past with the graduating classes that we've had, um, that we had this past season. But we really spent a lot of time this past spring, not only focusing on skill development, but also on interpersonal communication within the team. So we spent um, time working on how do we how do we talk to one another on the court versus off the court. The team is extremely close; they're they're best of friends. But can we then still, you know, be that way off the court? But once we get on the court, compete against one another at a higher level to make our practice gym better. So I think that we're seeing that this preseason, that work they put in over the spring and summer, and um, they shared how to do that with the incomers. So it really the chemistry on in this group is very strong already, which is exciting. And uh, you had a couple of staff changes um, with uh, Abby Dettering and Bailey Williams added. Uh, what do they bring to, to your program and, and um, how have they kind of helped in, uh, you know, year three now for you? So Bailey is a recent uh, graduate. She she went to play for George Mason, which is a, in the league that I used to coach at at LaSalle. So she saw the change process happen at my previous institutions. And so she's committed into knowing that it's possible. And it's really fun for her to share that experience as a player against me as a coach uh, with the team. And she's able to relate to the players on a, on a level that because she's closer in age to them. So it's nice from an operational standpoint. But Abby played at Penn State. Um, she played in a Final Four. And she is able to bring this higher level of understanding to the players of what it needs to be competitive in the Big Ten, of what you need to do on the court and off the court and what extra time and what extra motivation and internal motivation you have to have in order to raise the bar for not only yourself, but for your team. So it's really exciting to have her on staff because I didn't play in the big 10. I, you know, I'm a coach at this team, but she played recently here and she played overseas afterwards. So she has a path that a lot of the girls want to follow and it's great to emulate. So. And um, just in regard to your schedule, you, uh, you're on the road quite a bit to start uh, three consecutive tournaments on the road before you host your own. Um, you know, I, I know you've talked in the past about non-conference scheduling and wanting to prepare for the Big Ten. Um, what was the just, I guess, thought process or decision making in terms of the events that you are taking part in uh, this uh, non-conference schedule? Well, it's twofold. I knew we had a young team, so I didn't want to overwhelm them right away. So I think we lead into some stronger competition as the preseason schedule goes on. We play Kansas State and Chicago, so that's a, power, a solid Power 5 program um, to ultimately prepare us for the Big Ten. But in order to qualify for the NCAA tournament, you need to be over 500. And with a with a league that is as challenging as ours, where we might not be seeing over 500 level of wins yet, we want to make sure that we build a non-conference schedule that allows us to at least be available or eligible for the NCAA tournament. So it is because, you know, in our league, eighth, ninth place has historically been been accepted. Um, so, and that's where we were two years ago, if it had been a field of 64. So I really wanted to make sure that we were getting used to traveling because we do travel a lot in league. So preparing for that, 
getting in some front of some of friends and family for some of the players, um, playing a level of competition where we feel like we have the upper hand somewhere. We're still the underdog and then building, hopefully getting enough wins to put us in a position where we could get to a, a plus 500 place at the end of the season. And uh, all your home games, once again, will be played at Jersey Mike's Arena. Um, how important is that just for the perception of the program and just in terms of the experience of, of going to games and just uh, uh, as, as you, you know, build this program statewide? It's huge. I'm so grateful to the administration that we have been able to work it out that we can play our matches in, in Jersey Mike's. If being in there is a very professional feeling environment for volleyball, it is about the size of most Big Ten volleyball arenas for people who have not gone you know, out of the state to see a volleyball match. Once you're there, it is, it's loud. It is very much bold in. So you feel like you're right on the court, um, but it is, it is a level that is respectable. It's a, it's an arena that's respectable for a big 10 athlete and it's exciting. It's helped us in the recruiting process. And I think the fan experience overall, it's much more engaging to be in the arena than it was to be um, in the previous arena that we played in. So it's exciting. And I'm, I'm very grateful to be there. And uh, I, I've said this before, but I, I feel like not only do you have uh, the biggest challenge, um, you know, at Rutgers of any coach, but just in terms of the Big Ten in general, um, you know, uh, from what, what you were uh, inherited here uh, and, and where you're trying to take it. I've, seven teams are ranked nationally, four in the top ten. Um, how have you, I guess, uh, taken the challenge, uh, stayed positive and been able to kind of uh, pass that down within the program in terms of having optimism for the future? I've been asked before why I have so much enthusiasm. <laughs> and I think that the way that my mentality is, is will reflect on how the team looks at this. And you know, these players who have been recruited by me, we're at a point now where everyone that's on the team, I've at least had a conversation with before they've entered, you know, come to Rutgers, which is exciting. But everyone on the team knows what they signed up for. I know what I signed up for. My staff knows what they signed up for. We all are have the same thought process and the same work ethic to make a difference and to make a change, but we're not going to waver from the core values that I have in place of making sure that our academics stay in line, making sure that our families are involved, making sure that we, you know, have a positive coaching environment um, in the gym. And I think that all those things, you know, line up in order to create change. And I have a background in change, you know, change management. So for me, I'm comfortable because I know curriculum, what the change process looks like, and that can take five to six years. So I think we're in a really good place. This season, I think you're going to really see a cultural change, a cultural shift on the team, um, and it's it's exciting time. We we are at the right at the top of the of the peak right now, you know. So we're getting closer, and um, but it's going to take a lot of of love from our fan base to push us over that over that hill. So hopefully, all the people that are watching this come out and watch match. <laughs> Mm -hmm. and, and the Big Ten is obviously doing a great job of promoting the sport uh, with as strong as the conference is with the, the first media day uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, how much does that help to, aside from, you know, being at Jersey Mike's now, um, you know, be more visible as a program and just the Big Ten, what they're doing to sell the sport as well? It, yeah, it's a really big deal, no pun intended, but it, we were the first of any sport, male or female, to have a media day from an Olymp Olympic sport to have a media day. So it did show the investment that the Big Ten made um, and understanding of, of how many eyes are on women's volleyball in this conference. And 
being from Philadelphia originally and growing up, you know, in the Northeast playing and at St. John's in the New York City area, volleyball is still a developing sport in our state, in New Jersey. And I love to lead the charge. And I love that people who do watch the Big Ten Network have eyes on what we're doing here at Rutgers, because hopefully it inspires a younger generation to pick up a volleyball. And that only helps our program grow. Um, it only helps it only helps the, the sport grow in the state. So it's exciting to be at the forefront of that. And how has that outreach been with, you know, local programs, high schools, uh, you know, through the recruiting trail, but just in terms of kind of having that partnership in terms of trying to build the sport uh, throughout the state? It's really been great. I think the grassroots of getting involved with with the local community. We had our first ever summer camps this year and we had great attendance. So that was really fun. We hope to grow those over the next few years. Um, we did some satellite camps where we went into high schools in the area to help their coaches and their players learn even more at a higher level of what we do in our gym, how to train. And, and we encourage a lot of the high school and youth programs to come to our matches to see what it is to be a Rutgers volleyball player and what it would take. And, um, you know, we have a New Jersey on the team. We now have a Pennsylvanian on the team. So I, I like to recruit locally if I can. And that's an important piece of the puzzle. But we have to continue to, to heighten the level of play. And it starts with a younger audience. So we highly encourage our younger fan base to come out and, and watch matches. And just a couple more for you. Uh, obviously, you've had to really adapt on the fly uh, in several ways uh, coming to, to Rutgers, you know, during a pandemic um, and everything that you've uh, uh, accomplished prior to coming here. Um, I guess, what have you learned or what's been the biggest, uh, I guess, uh, change or thing that you've had to evolve in um, as a coach, uh, you know, that you've learned along the way in being at Rutgers? A lot of things. <laughs> uh, you know, it's I've never lived in in a college town before. Like I've never lived. I, I've worked at private institutions, so working for the biggest public institution in the state, and the, just the love that New Jerseyans have for Rutgers is really inspiring. I have, you know, now I'm the person that I have a Rutgers bumper sticker. I have the Rutgers volleyball in the back of my car. So it really is so fun. I, you know, to be in a state where you feel like you're making a difference because someone they have a connection to our, our university. Um, and so that's really fun. I, I've never worked at as big of a university before. So learning all the ins and outs of how things are handled from an operation standpoint, from an administrative standpoint, um, that's fun. How long it takes to sometimes get projects done. <laughs> no, but it's, uh, it's really, those are all new things for me. But after going into my third season in the Big Ten, you know, the first two seasons were kind of like, okay, right, this is, this is, this is high level, right? This is, you know, a lot of travel and this is night games on television. And this is a lot of fans and we're under a microscope, like all those things I'm now fully prepared for. And I feel like I can lead this program in a much better place now than I even could one year ago, two years ago, because I just have the experience. So it's been a ride, um, but it's only going to be, you know, chapter four of my book, I think when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, and lastly, just wanted to ask in terms of what your expectations and goals are for this group uh, going into this season. I really just want to build on the progress that we made in the last two seasons. I can't sit here and tell you how many matches we're going to win. I don't even want to put a number to it. I think that there's going to be a point where you're going to see a lot of freshmen out on the court or sophomores out on the court. Um, so I want us to be competitive. I want us to now take two sets off of teams that we only took one set off of. And two sets can lead to three sets. But 
I also really want us to be much better on the second match of the weekend than we were on the first match. I've seen that we were doing really well on Friday night, but our recovery of how we handled Saturday and the travel. So can we learn those skills? Can we take the experience that we had and build upon that? So for me, those are the expectations. Um, and I and I really just want the people who are watching to see the, see the change still happening, right? Like even though it's not maybe turning into the W just yet, Ooh, that was better than last season. That was better than the season before that. So the skill level rising um, is is the main goals for me this year. Rutgers Volleyball head coach Caitlin Schweighoffer, always a pleasure to speak to you. Looking forward to covering this team this season, and best of luck to you and the program. Oh, thank you, Aaron.